and welcome back to the Past Patrick Podcast, uh, where we talk everything sports-related, sports news, NBA, MLB, NFL. NBA's back, everyone. NBA playoffs are back. Uh, was not impressed with what I saw from Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets last night. Ugh. This is what happens, Kyrie. This is what happens when you tick off uh, Boston Celtics fans. Let's be real here. You know, the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets series is a very interesting series, and there's a lot of different levels to it. There's a lot of different storylines that are interweaving here. Game one, you had Kyrie Irving pretty much call out Boston Celtics fans and, you know, tick them off. He threw them the double birds. Uh, <laughs> slurred some speech back at them. They were going back at it. Said he is going to defend himself, and he's going to say what's on his mind. If they're if they're yelling at him, he's going to yell right back at them. And I don't blame him for that. Do I think it was smart? No, because there's no winning for you in this situation, Kyrie. You're you're really giving the the Boston Celtics fans majority of the power here. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan of it, I didn't like it, but that's what he said, and that's what he did, and I think it played against him a little bit, honestly. And you know, he he's one factor of this series. That that He brings a whole nother level of drama to this thing. Then, then you got Kevin Durant, and I really do feel for Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant put himself in this situation when he left Golden State. And the Boston Celtics are a really good team. But this just shows why uh, two players, you can't just have two. You got to have a good team. It's a team sport. And the Brooklyn Nets, like a lot of teams, are a little top heavy. They got their two stars. They believe 100% that all you need are those two guys. And that's it. And you can win any series. Kevin Durant's the greatest closer, Kyrie's got the greatest handles. We don't need anyone else. But you saw what the Boston Celtics are. <laughs> they got just the right amount. They got the perfect mixture. They got a couple stars, a couple key players. Uh, they got defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. <laughs> These guys are good. And that's why I picked the Boston Celtics to beat the Nets and make a deep playoff run. But Kevin Durant really needed to show up in this uh, this game in particular. You gotta split the series here, and they just didn't. Kevin Durant, twenty-seven points, four seventeen field goal, eighteen of twenty from the free throw line. <laughs> the free throw line is where he got the majority of his points. And don't get me wrong, free throws are very important and very crucial to win an NBA game. But Kevin Durant needed to be on from the floor, and when you go four of seventeen, you're just not gonna get that. And he wasn't the only reason, but. The field goal percentages for the Brooklyn Nets as a team, 46.1%. Boston was 52.0. Three-point percentage, Brooklyn was actually a little better here, 47.6%. Boston was 35.5. Turnovers, 14 apiece for each team. Uh, rebounds, same, 36 uh, for each team. But the way the game was trending and the way it was flowing was... The Brooklyn Nets were on top, kind of going up. The momentum was still with them a little bit. But then, you know, you get into that late third, fourth quarter, they flatlined. It just went flat. 
and Boston kept trending up. And Boston's that team. They got grit. They got great players. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. I love the acquisition of Al Horford. I just love this team. I picked them to make a deep playoff run. And Jalen Brown had 22 points, 9 of 18, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. I'll take that stat line over Kevin Durant's. Even though Kevin Durant had more points, Jalen Brown was a little bit hotter from the, the field. <laughs> he, he could get more going. And, you know, the analogy I've used when describing the Nets, uh, it, it, it really plays into this series perfectly. Boston is a reliable car. It's like got two cars. Boston's reliable. Uh, it's got great wheels. It, it get through snow, get through any kind of weather, all terrain. That thing you can take on a family trip and you ain't breaking down. They are a good team like that. Then you got the Brooklyn Nets. They're a fancy sports car. Woo! They got all the bells and whistles. They make all the noise going down the road. Everyone looks. Everyone, you got to turn your head. I got to turn my head. Come on. It's exciting. I don't see a car like that every day. But here's the deal. That car is going to break down eventually. It's unreliable. It's not like that reliable car. And I'm going to stick with that reliable car, the Boston Celtics, further into the playoffs than the Brooklyn Nets. So that's my uh, that's my overview of what happened the other night. A uh, lot more to get into when it comes to the NBA. You know, the Phoenix Suns, they took on the Pelicans the other night, and, you know, Phoenix lost. Devin Booker. This team needs Devin Booker. And Devin Booker, he's had some hamstring issues, and he's out now. And I am worried for the the Phoenix Suns. I'm seriously worried. They're playing the Pelicans, and the Pelicans now can smell blood in the water. Chris Paul is an amazing point guard. He's one of the more pure point guards in the league. And Chris Paul wants this ring. Chris Paul has every accolade that you could possibly imagine. But he doesn't have a ring. And he wants it. And I feel for him because it just seems like every year there is something different. Whether he's hurt, then it's Devin Booker, then it's so-and-so, then this doesn't happen, then that doesn't happen. And it doesn't end well for Chris Paul. I feel for him. I do. Phoenix Suns tried to hold on. They they tried. Um, but de- they need Devin Booker. There, there's simply no way that they get out of this series, I think, without Devin Booker. And I think now they, they should be able to. But I think now you've given the Pelicans so so much ammo and so much firepower that I don't I I may be picking the Pelicans. Am I crazy? Maybe. But I believe that's how good Devin Booker is. They are like a well-oiled machine and you need all the pieces for it to work though. That that's the Phoenix Suns. That's the analogy I can think of when uh, the Phoenix Suns come to mind. Everything needs to be in place to work. And I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul needs that ring, though. He needs that ring. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that series. Um, it's one apiece now. Uh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves, they play today. So 
We're going to see what happens with that series. The first game, Cat and the boys from Minnesota showed up, and yeah, they rocked the Minnesota uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Excuse me. They came in and had a little more dog in them. <laughs> they were ready to lay down and go to war. And Memphis, I think Memphis was a little full of itself. You know, uh, we're one of the top teams. Do we really have to, you know, get down and dirty with this team? We're just going to roll over them. And, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves, they came back. They came back. They got a bite. And Cat is one of the top players uh, in this league. So that that series is one apiece. And then just last night, I watched the Bulls and the Bucks. And my God, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. And he had 41 points. I was watching that game, and every time he came down the floor, every time I was like, oh, he's going up. That's a bucket. That's a bucket. That's a bucket. He even stepped up in front of Giannis in Giannis's face and sunk a bucket. The Chicago Bulls, uh, that... <laughs> They're a team to be reckoned with. They're going toe-to-toe with the champs. And I do not like what happened to Milwaukee at the end of that game. I don't like the loss of Chris Middleton. Uh, We'll see if it's an MCL sprain. Uh, Apparently, he's going to have an MRI today to determine the length of it. Not good. Not good if they don't have Chris Middleton. I I had the Bucs winning the finals this year. I had the Bucs winning. They were my team to pick. They were going to repeat. But without Chris Middleton... It's a lot of stress and pressure on Giannis Antetokounmpo to come out and get the win. A lot. So, uh, they they definitely need Chris Middleton back, excuse me. And th- there's no other way. You just you have to get him back. There's not they're, they're not a, they're not the same team without him. <laughs> Meanwhile in Philly, they are rolling over the Raptors. I'm not surprised here. Uh they came away with the win, Joel Embiid clutch shot in overtime to win it the other night and uh, I love it I I think I think him and James Harden have a really good chemistry going right now they can be dangerous I, I if if there was if there was to be a matchup between the Celtics and the 76ers I would still pick the Celtics but it would go to game seven that's just how I feel about those two teams like I said, Boston's got a lot to figure out. Uh, overall, Jordan Poole, we can talk about him for a little bit. A star in the making, coming out for the Warriors. Uh, that just shows you what happens. There, there's a bunch of ways to win in this league, and we've, we've gone over them on this uh, podcast before. You can draft, you can develop, and you can go more of the slow approach. You can go the way the Rams have gone the Los Angeles Rams and you know kind of the way the Yankees go they trade they're very aggressive they try and win now I I don't support the notion that the St. Louis Rams draft and get wide receivers the same way I'm not as sold on them as a lot of people uh, are I don't I don't have the Rams going back to back and winning the Super Bowl I, I believe there's a lot of different ways you can win uh, the Golden State Warriors are the blueprint for the balanced way of winning. They draft well. They spend money in free agency to go get guys like Kevin Durant. They're not shy when it comes to that. They make uh, big-time plays. You know, uh, the young guys do for the team. Jordan Poole has come out of nowhere. (laughs) Uh, Each year he's gotten better. Eight points a game in his first year. 12 points a game. 18 points a game this year. And next year I believe he'll be up in the 20s. And they'll have another top guard. They are dangerous. 
you put Jordan Poole at shooting guard, I, my lineup for Golden State next year is easy. It's Steph at point, Poole at shooting guard, Clay Thompson, small forward, uh, Wiggins, you got to put a, uh, well, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen to Wiggins, actually. Man, I thought I had my lineup. Wiggins could be on the way out. We'll see what happens there. I, I wouldn't hate it um, because you got Draymond at the power forward, and then you got to have a center, uh, whoever that is. Uh, James Wiseman will probably be their center next year. But the way the Golden State Warriors have developed and also gotten uh, high-value targets in free agency, I love it. I simply love it. They, they are the perfect balance because I'm not sold on the way the Rams do it. I'm not sold on a lot of those ways. I'm not sold on a lot of trading picks and going all in. That's not that's not how I like to would run my sports team. <laughs> I don't I don't like that. I want a future. And you know, you've seen the effects of what happens when teams go all in. The Lakers. Yeah. Well, don't, tr- don't don't get me wrong. They got a championship out of it. All right? They the Lakers got a a, a bubble uh chip. AD was a success for that year, but it's not going to be a long-term success story. It's just not. So that's why I'm really impressed with the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, it, it, it's a credit to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and even Iguodala and a lot of the older guys. Steph Curry said he'd come off the bench. That's how much they love Jordan Poole and what he brings to the game. And so when you hear stuff like that, when you hear that leadership, it makes you wonder, why did Kevin Durant leave Golden State? <laughs> why did he? You know, he was in the reliable car. Talked a little earlier. He was in it. Well, he just decided to go jump in that sports car. So I can do it alone. I don't need go- I don't need you guys at Golden State. Uh, but I will be taking Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I want those superstars. <laughs> well, now the pressure's on, Kevin. This is it. Got to carry this team. Because who knows what will happen with Kyrie. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. But the pressure is all on you, Kevin. You have to carry this team. The Denver Nuggets uh, in that series versus the Golden State Warriors, Jokic. I'm, I'm very confused on the Denver Nuggets. Because Jokic, I believe, it should be playing better than this. He, he is my MVP. But he just doesn't look like he can do much against uh, the Golden State Warriors. And it's not all on him. Jamal Murray, you know, they don't have him. Michael Porter Jr., they got to get some more pieces around. But Golden State, <laughs> look, what I've seen from Golden State in these NBA playoffs, they're back. I didn't think they'd come back as uh, <laughs> as they, you know, used to be, but they have. They've come back re-energized. And I, I 100% they have the mindset of, hey, our dynasty isn't over. You all thought we were done. We're not. And I don't think they are. I think the Golden State Warriors are going to the finals this year. And I think it'll be Golden State and Boston. That's who I currently have in the finals. I don't have Brooklyn. I don't got the Sixers. I don't got the Bucks now if Chris Middleton's hurt. I think the Bulls could knock off the Bucks. But the Bulls would not be able to knock off uh, the Celtics. <laughs> they just, they couldn't. And uh, so I, I have the Golden State Warriors going to the finals. And I we'll see what happens. But I, I, I could see them winning it very easily with Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, 
Clay Thompson, Draymond Green running the show. And, you know, I don't know who's going to be at the center, but it, it's always back and forth with that position. But Jameis Wiseman should be back there next year and uh, holding that position down. So there's a lot to love with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, the NBA is in full swing. We're going to see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, I love when it gets to this point in the NBA season. Uh, the, the playoffs are one of the most exciting times to watch uh, basketball. You just sit there. You don't want to get up. You don't want to move. You just want to sit there, drink a tea, watch some basketball. <laughs> and uh, then you got your other leagues going on. Uh, we got the NFL draft coming up. And the NFL stories, they're kind of in full swing, too. This has been the craziest NFL uh, offseason I think I've ever seen. And the biggest story right now, Debo Samuels. Yeah, he wants out. And I am shocked. <laughs> I am shocked. And this is what the the market now for receivers, it's gotten to a place where some of these teams aren't going to be able to hold on to their guys. They're just not. Uh, because these receivers don't want to take these little minimum deals, even if it means staying with the team with, with the best system for them. They want the, the big deals. Uh, Debo Samuel uh, no doubt saw what Tyreek Hill was getting, what Devontae Adams was getting, and he has realized, hey, I'm a dual threat receiver. I can play about every position on the offensive side, um, minus offensive linemen. And, yeah, and quarterback, I should say. But, I mean, you know, halfback wide receiver – He's ultra-talented, uh, but I just can't pay him like I could pay Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. I can't, uh, and I'm going to explain why. Debo Samuel is a X-factor, key player, love what he brings to the field. Just He can run the ball, you can throw it to him over the top, he's so quick, but when he does that, there is the risk of more of an injury. He's running the ball as a running back, and then he's he's catching it as a wide receiver. And he's had a few injuries in the past, a few tweaks, and I just don't love the idea of paying him uh, the amount of money that he wants currently. It's reported he wants the highest amount a non-quarterback has on the offensive side. What? So you want more than Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams? Uh, no, Debo, no. Now, do I think some team will cave and give it to him? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. And if he really wants out of the 49ers, 49ers got to deal him quick. Because they were also paying Jimmy G. He's making about $27 million, $26 million, somewhere in there this year. And he's for a backup quarterback. The 49ers are a very interesting team with how they're managing all these different levels of players. Very interesting. I don't necessarily think they know what to do at certain times but you know there's trade destinations that have been put out uh, I'm going to read a list that was put out and I'm going to tell you which team I like after reading them all the number one team uh, that NFL.com put out the New York Jets so there's the New York Jets and I'm going to tell you why I don't like the fit here you got Zach Wilson and you got a second-year head coach. Don't like it. I don't have to say anymore. Now, would they get a lot of picks in return, the 49ers? Yes. But as far as Debo Samuel's growth, he'll fizzle out here. 
So I'm not a fan of the Jets for Debo's future. Indianapolis Colts with Matt Ryan. Better than Jets? Of course. Uh, but still, I don't like the fit overall because I believe they're going to be very run-centric. And here's the deal. They have Jonathan Taylor, and he's going to get the majority of the snaps to run the ball. So Debo would be more singled out as a wide receiver. And he he can do both. So if you're paying for Debo, you want him to be able to do both. And Matt Ryan's running the offense, so a better quarterback than Zach Wilson for sure. But I I just I don't like the Indianapolis Colts either. The Green Bay Packers. This is one of my teams that I actually think he could be good at. Because Matt LaFleur is from the same coaching tree as Kyle Shanahan. So Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur, they kind of have run similar plays before in the past. And I think he could adapt Debo Samuel's style a little bit better. Now again, (laughs) he wants to be the highest paid uh, receiver in the league. And they couldn't keep Devontae. So how likely is this? I don't know. I don't see this one happening. I think the fit would be great. He'd get a top-tier quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, better than Jimmy G. But I don't know if this is the fit either. I like this one. Kansas City Chiefs. This one is my favorite. It has to go to one and two. Green Bay is my second, and Kansas City Chiefs is my favorite. Um, if they got Debo, that would be just another scary offense. They would have, they would have essentially, you can't replace Tyreek Hill, but they would have done the best you could have if they got Debo because he's an X factor player and they need those right now. So I love this fit because he could run the ball deep. Andy Reid needs somebody to run the ball. Debo could catch it deep from Mahomes. I, I love the fit of the Kansas City Chiefs trading for Debo and they have a lot of ammo. They can throw a lot of picks, <laughs> the way of the 49ers if they choose to do that. But they would have to make a huge offer to Debo Samuel. Atlanta Falcons, no. I mean, if we're talking about uh, Debo Samuel's progression as a player, he he's not going to progress much in Atlanta. Uh, that team, they're, they, they're rebuilding. Uh, I wouldn't want to go there if I was Debo either. New England Patriots, my third favorite pick. Because I think the Patriots are a very stable organization. They need key X-Factor players. Do I like Mac Jones as a big-time thrower of the ball? Not really. But Debo, uh, he he can fix a lot of those errors. You can hand it to, off to him. You can throw it to him. So as far as my third favorite pick, it would have to be the New England Patriots. Philadelphia Eagles, look, they're still trying to figure everything out with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. And I don't think giving up a lot of draft capital to go out and get Debo Samuels would be the best move for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I I don't like that pick either, or that team. The Pittsburgh Steelers. So I like the Steelers for this. But the Steelers are in an interesting position where they are very good at drafting wide receivers and drafting, uh, you know, offensive talent. So I don't think they would feel the need to give up three first, or not three first rounders, but probably a first, a second, and a couple thirds uh, for Debo, what the market is going to be for him. So I I don't think they're comfortable doing that. And they have a lot of uh, issues to fix in the draft, one one of which being is quarterback. You know, they got Mitch Trubisky, and there's rumors about Baker Mayfield, but they definitely need to fix that position. So I'm not a huge fan of the Steelers uh, either. Now, another team on the list is the New Orleans Saints. And New Orleans, 
they are kind of in the same position as the Steelers. They got a quarterback situation to fix. You know, they, they have Michael Thomas, so he would be, you know, probably on the other side of the field as Thomas. Uh, that would be a huge threat. Who knows if Thomas, Michael Thomas is still the player that we think he is, and Drew Brees ain't there throwing the ball. So, uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, it, I like them because the, the one-two punch of Alvin Kamara uh, and Debo Samuels from the running back position would be deadly, but... Again, they got quarterback position. I think they're a little more unstable right now. They they got the quarterback position to figure out. I don't know I don't know if they can afford to give up draft capital. And the team that I think Debo would never want to go to. I think he would rather take a pay cut than you know, go to this team. The Detroit Lions. They were 3-13 and 1 last year. Look, Detroit, it's nothing against you. It's nothing. You are more of a dysfunctional franchise right now than I believe you've been in recent years because it, it was supposed to get better with the new head coach, Jared Goff. It was supposed to stable, stability-wise, even out, but it hasn't. So I don't love this move for Debo Samuels to the Lions. Not at all. So just recapping, my number one is Kansas City. My number two is Green Bay. Uh, my number three is New England Patriots. And if I had to throw a sleeper team in there that I really like, I guess I would throw the Steelers in, I guess. It's my fourth team. You know, even though I don't like that they would do it and give up a lot of draft picks, I do believe that he'd be an X-factor wide receiver and they could make a deep uh, playoff run if they had him too. And the NFL draft is upon us. It's coming up. Uh, I'm going to do a mock draft probably next episode or so and break down who I think will be the top 10 picks. I love Kenny Pickett. I love Malik Willis, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. These guys are going to be great players, I think. Uh, those those three are going to be my, in my top 10 for sure. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I wish the commanders could pick up Kyle Hamilton. You know, there's also Drake London coming out of USC. He's going to be pretty good, I believe. But I, I've never seen such a crazy, and I mean crazy, NFL offseason as I've seen this past this past year. It's just been nuts. Been crazy. Hopping back uh, to the NBA a little bit. It, it could be a sticky situation there in Utah when it comes to Donovan Mitchell this coming offseason. Uh, rumors suggest that Donovan Mitchell would probably not be with the Jazz next year. Um, he would either be traded. Uh, I think there's a few trade partners that would want him. And it, it, it's a real possibility. Things have not gone in Utah uh, with with that team like it's been planned for. There's a real possibility. A couple trade targets that have been put out. Um, one, Miami Heat for Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. And I, don't, I don't know about that one. I think Donovan Mitchell maybe would demand a little more, uh, just personally. Uh, you know, the next trade target that was put out would be Tyrese Maxey from Philly because Tyrese Maxey has come alive as a player. Uh, I, I don't really like that one either, uh, personally. Uh, and the fourth, the fourth, or excuse me, not the fourth, but the third team that was put out is the R.J. Barrett-Julius Randle trade and the New York Knicks. Now, granted, if Donovan Mitchell goes to that team, that's more of a... Uh, superstar 
team, not a superstar team, but a more in the limelight team than the Utah Jazz, and maybe Donovan Mitchell would benefit from that. Uh, you know what? You want to know the team I think Donovan Mitchell should go to? I think the Lakers. <laughs> I love Donovan Mitchell on the Lakers. That would be awesome. I think you could uh, call me crazy. If Donovan Mitchell is available, I think you could pack, package AD to Utah for Donovan Mitchell and another key guy. Uh, because I think you could demand a few few picks, uh, Donovan Mitchell and another player for AD and a pick or so. And I think that would be a great move. Now, would you have to move Russell Westbrook? Yes, you would. Maybe trade him. Who knows? I don't know what you're going to do with Russell. Uh, this is the situation the Lakers are in. I, I've done really well not talking about the Lakers this episode. <laughs> because uh, the Lakers are a mess. And they're going to go into this season... Uh, this offseason, excuse me, still a mess. A lot of issues to figure out. Will Frank Vogel be the head coach there? What players will be returning? Who knows? Who knows? LeBron James is there, though. So you got a chance. You got a chance, L.A. <laughs> when LeBron James is there, you got a chance. Unless he leaves to go play with Steph. Which I, would, which I wouldn't mind seeing, actually. I think that'd be good television. God, could you imagine? Could you imagine that lineup? I mean, Steph Curry, you would have Klay Thompson. You would obviously have to keep Jordan Poole coming off the bench because you put LeBron uh, at the three, and then you'd put Draymond at the four, and then James James Wiseman you know, at the five. And you'd have to keep uh, Poole coming off the bench. So I don't, I don't know if that would happen. Uh, but I would love to see it. That team would be dominant. Nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. He said he wants to play with Steph Curry. One player he wants to play with. Other than his son. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Uh, this has been Pastor Patrick. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Leave a review. Let me know what I can do better. Um, catch the podcast on Spotify Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And have a good one, guys.